0: Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter.
1: Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I did the classic
0: thing of um, taking a sip of, of drink as soon as I asked you to say hello.
1: <laughs> and then I handed it straight back to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. How, how are things at your end?
1: Fine, yeah. It's starting to get some slightly longer days, which is nice. Getting a bit of a a little bit more daylight. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, no. I think everything's everything's going well. Uh, I'll cut to the chase. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long, cold, cold week without you, there, Frank.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ditto. What are we we talking about today? Well, I'm going to throw three cards at you, and you're going to tell oh, me wh- to to which them. one's the ritual, which one's the pact, and which one's a cult. So, your cards are Seal of the Seventh Sign. Yes. Archaic Glyphs. Yes.
1: And Blood Will Have Blood. God, uh, this is harder than I thought, actually.
0: And we'll explain why we're doing this to listeners after. So, I suppose. So, one's a
1: ritual, one's a pact... Um, what was the other one? One's a cult, that's so it. Traited,
0: yeah. These are all these are the traits we're looking at.
1: Okay, so I think it Blood Will Have Blood is a pact. Mm-hmm. That's quite a pacty name. <laughs> that's the problem probably the one I don't know. <laughs> okay, glyphs is a cult. No. And then what was the last one? <laughs> Seal of the seventh sign. Seal of the seventh sign. That's a ritual. That's my guess. I'm locking that in.
0: You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good effort. So, listener, we want to really look at the trait ritual in this episode, but in preparing for it, Peter said to me, "Maybe we should throw in pact and occult as well because they somewhat blur into one, or can blur
1: into one." So, so yeah, I'm we never sure. We throw them in this world. Yeah, I did. It's even thematically. I'm not sure what the, what what occult means in a card. Mm. What separates what separates occult from ritual and pact?
0: Great question. <laughs> you don't a have to answer though. A, yeah,
1: I don't know how to answer. A
0: cult is a very small selection of of cards. Yeah, it's hallowed mirror, archaic glyphs, archive of conduits, cryptic Grimo- grimoire, occult lexicon, and the segment of
1: onyx. So it's like slightly weird things that aren't quite a relic. Yeah. It's and, interesting. I mean, that, some that, that of them that's... are relics as well. The oh, yeah, Hallowed Mirror is oh, a relic yeah. as well. It's such a it's like a small pool of cards, considering that it's featured on at least two investigators' deck building requirements. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's features on Akachi and on Marie they can take a cult level zero. Yeah. The Seeker ones all have tome as well as a cult. Right. So archaic glyphs is item, occult, and tome, and then all of the others are item, tome, occult, the archive of conduits, the cryptic Gwimra. So there's maybe something about occult, like it's a it's an object imbued not just like a relic with with ancient power, but with specifically magical power. Right. That would be where I go to with that. Because the archaic glyphs, when you translate them, you then get access to spells. Yes. And the archive right, of conduits, yeah. when you translate it, you get access to rituals. Rituals. The level 4s are all rituals. So it's yeah, maybe it's like um magical objects is a cult. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they all are objects, aren't they? They have a fit they're something you can put in your pocket or put in your book bag. Which is curious. And do we then think that, say, Akachi and Marie they they sort of have a sensitivity towards magic so they would be able to recognize that these objects are imbued with magic you know they're browsing in that um second hand bookshop in arkham or little <laughs> bookshop in <laughs> Innsmouth, and they're like "Ooh, this does just look like a musty old tome but in fact i know that it will have spells in it or whatever it is maybe
1: yeah cool. maybe <laughs> Well, should we, should we dive back into Ritual, which is where you want to focus the episode? Yeah. We'll look a little bit closer. I mean, yeah, listener, if you have
0: a good explanation for why those investigators can take Occult cards level zero, let us know. And of course, Parallel Agnes can take Occult zero to three. Just I'm just throwing this out there because there's an upgraded Hallow Mirror and an upgraded Occult Lexicon, which she can take. Yeah. Cool. Right, yeah, Ritual. So yeah, part of the reason why I wanted to look at this trait in particular is because of Antiquary, which is one of the new triple class talents. Like all of the triple class talents, it has uses that replenish, and you can spend them for Favor, Relic, or Ritual cards, uh, either to pay for them or on skill tests on those cards. So that got me thinking, if I want to build an antiquary relic deck but I maybe want to include some rituals I was thinking well, what's out there that I could include and is it something that you, that we run a lot of and I just don't notice it or yeah, that's where I went to first.
1: When we talked about those triple uh, class cards, we well, I think my point of view was that mm-hmm. you kind of want something that you're playing a lot or that you can use the stat boosts on as well mm. And is that something that's relevant for ritual cards? I don't know.
0: And in fact, for the favor cards, which are also on antiquary, we went and looked at the favors and most of them don't have tests. No, they don't. Or if they give you a test, it's a kind of a weird version. So like Money Talks allows you to use your resources as a resource skill test, but it doesn't actually create a skill test itself. So <laughs> we oh, yeah, we read yeah, that that's right, I took us down that it. alley of favors, and we didn't really then look at rituals in too much detail. So partly we want to fill that out, and I think we saw quite a few rituals come out in Edge of the Earth as well. And in one of our other second looks, we talked about what would ritual support look like, and I mean I mean support in terms of if you wanted to include cards in your deck that helped you use rituals. I think it was with Davi. he he mentioned you know if only we had a card that let you find rituals a little bit like research librarian for tomes Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: and it's a funny trait isn't it because it falls between in my head you've got you've got cards that help you find weapons and tomes and then you've also got arcane initiate that helps you find spells yeah and then in seeker you've also got lots of draw and or in rogue you've got lucky cigarette case and ritual it feels like the space is somewhat crowded for if they wanted to add a card that helps you find rituals.
1: Yeah. What I'd like to do is get a feel for what rituals do. What What's, yeah. a, what's a classic kind of ritual effect on a card. Mm-hmm. So should we look through the list of rituals and pick some out? Is that the best thing to do? Let's do it, yeah. And let's start with Guardian.
0: There are five Guardian rituals. They range from level 0 to level 5. And they are... Blessing of Isis, Enchanted Armour, Flesh Ward, Rite of Sanctification, and Spiritual Resolve. Spiritual Resolve. Spiritual Resolve, yes, thank you. Which one's jumping out for you here?
1: Well, I, what's what's interesting is, is how different they are, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess there's a broad theme of cancelling damage there, isn't there? Yeah, we've got Flesh Ward, we've got the
0: armour, and we've got... spiritual Spiritual resolve resolve, uh, you know
1: soak or
0: protection in some way
1: but but right sanctification well I mean the right and the blessing are both kind of bless interacting cards so there we've got I guess two bless cards and three damage slash horror soaking cards Mm -hmm. my gut feel is that that isn't going to hold across all the classes either Mm -hmm. so this is a kind of fair gut feel uh, yeah So this this has not got me any closer to answering my question, Frank. I've got a bit of a
0: cynical take on this, actually, as well. That, cynical is quite a strong word. If that you can't find, out there, you can't
1: find another home for a card. You make it a ritual.
0: Yeah, or more specifically, if you want to have guardian spell-like cards that you don't want them to be found by arcane initiate, you make them ritual. Because this these cards all came out in Innsmouth, apart from Spiritual Resolve, I think. I know, Fleshwood was... <laughs> Some of these cards came out at Innsmouth. And, of course, then Sister Mary is the investigator yeah, from Innsmouth. Yeah. And if you could find Rite of Sanctification and Blessing of Isis with Arcane Initiate, which she can take, would it make them too strong? I don't
1: know. Uh, yeah. Good question, yeah. yeah. I and do notice that notably three, they... four of these cards do use the Arcane slot as well. Snap! Yeah, Was that what you were about to say?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So maybe there's something of rituals using the arcane slot, but not being spells, which is fascinating to me if they're the spells that aren't spells, you know, they're like, they're defined by not being that thing. It it makes me think of, do you remember early in the game, firearm and melee kind of weren't different? Yes. I mean, the only big difference was about ammo and, and that was kind of it. There was none of the ammo support cards that really made a difference, and though actually that that fun moment in Dunwich when you first come across a conglomeration of spheres and go, oh, you mean my machete isn't the Beale and Hendel weapon for <laughs> for being a fighter? Like actually the trait matters. So yeah, it's funny to be this deep into the game and have a trait that is spell adjacent without it feeling like it has, to my mind, too strong an identity. Where do you want to go next in terms of factions?
1: Well, should we just jump straight into Seeker,
0: because it's next on the list? Got more Seeker cards, right? Nine, yeah, nine. Although four of those is the same card, which is Archive of Conduits. So before Edge of the Earth, they were sitting with just... Well, the same amount. They were sitting with five. In fact, they were sitting with four, because forced learning is also fascinatingly, both a talent and a ritual.
1: Mm. So these cards, what For do we what have? Force got... a ritual. That's a weird one, isn't it? Thematically, I never thought about it. Mm. Like the magical equivalent of some kind of memory drug or something. The ritual of how you study every night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just reading more cram, 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 cram. <laughs> Almost robotic, yeah.
1: So do you want to just run us quickly through what we've got in C? Yeah, yeah, no worries. We've got Arcane enlightenment. Uh, four of the upgraded archive of conduits, Ariadne's twine, Farsight, Force Learning, and Guided by the Unseen. So again, actually, let's have a look. We've got almost all of them except Force Learning use an arcane slot as well, and yes. they're all assets.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, importantly as well.
1: But they, they again, they have. There's quite a, a range of effects there. Obviously, the the archives have all got different effects. Slightly different, but they all are various ways of uh, moving and dealing with enemies and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Farsight is a is a well, I, I suppose you could say Farsight and Forced Learning both directly econ events in terms of paying for cards or for drawing cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's just three kind of odd ducks: Arcane Enlightenment, Ariadne's Twine, and Guided by the Unseen, which do totally random things.
0: I've seen Arcane Enlightenment around more recently in Norman decks. Mm. Because it's trade an Arcane slot for a hand slot.
1: Yeah. Essentially. I did. I put it in a deck. I can't remember what deck I put it in. And I don't think I played it once. I've often found the same where I want to play it. Yeah. And
0: I feel like the Norman deck it really fits well in because you want two Astronomical Atlases and the Livre Dibon. Yeah. So you really want, those are the three tomes you want. The mistake I think people make is they're like, well, I'll put a selection of tomes in my deck and I'll see what I end up playing. And yeah. you end up playing Occult Lexicon and nothing else, or Old Book of Law and nothing else. You kind of want it where your
1: your setup includes three items, three tomes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yes. I, I mean, it's got double willpower icons and it's 0 XP, so I, I don't think there's much harm in putting it in your deck over <laughs> like, like a gut or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's also even-costed, so if you're playing Jeremiah <laughs> yeah, Kirby... absolutely, yeah. ...that Norman deck, <laughs> then the, the fun thing you can do with it is have Astronomical Atlas and Levera. Uh, Levera is two. Astronomical Atlas is three, so if you're desperate to find it, you can shout odd. But then you put a load of even cards in that deck, like um occult invocation and arcane enlightenment and things like that. And just mainly play Jeremiah Kirby for even and draw four or five cards. Strikingly, as you were looking at the seeker cards there, I realised that we're we're fourteen cards into rituals, and we've got one skill test, which is on uncharted armour. Yeah. You can play it under the control of any Investigator, but you're the owner. So you could play Enchanted Armor with Antiquary, and you'd then have, on future turns, a chance to use Antiquary to boost your Enchanted Armor tests. That's not too bad, in that you might be testing Enchanted Armor multiple times over a series of t- of turns. Yes. But yeah, the, so far, <laughs> Rituals take up the Arcade slots, our Assets...
1: And don't have tests on them. Well, that was—I think I said this before we started recording. My gut feel would be that they don't have too many tests on them. Mm-hmm. That a kind of direct test effect is something you're more likely to get on a spell card, for instance. Mm-hmm. But but should we see how that develops as we go through?
0: Yes, I'm going to jump us to Survivor now. Yes, and Survivor has a single card, which is Spiritual of Humanity. Spiritual of Humanity, yeah, I like it. Ritual Blessed and Cursed. Two cost two XP. Blessed and Cursed. I think you. I beg your pardon. Thank yeah. you. Takes up, surprisingly, the Arcane slot. Mm. A little bit like Rite of Sanctification or Blessing of Isis. Obviously, this came in Innsmouth when Bless and Curse were around. And yeah, this is a way of adding Bless by taking damage and horror or adding Curse to heal damage and horror. And it doesn't have any tests on it.
1: I I do like this card. I think it's a useful card. Mm-hmm. You can do some fun juggling of damage and horror if you are taking the the soak twins, mm-hmm. uh, or you're playing someone. Uh, well, and slash or you're playing someone like Calvin as well. Yeah, yeah. It's you can use it to bump up the stats while also adding bless to the bag, uh, and use it to heal in a pinch as well. Mm. Yeah,
0: you could even um, run this in Tommy after we did our tommy episode if you really wanted a way of killing off some of those assets for... well you could have
1: run it in tommy before we did the tommy episode i guess that's true as well yeah thank you yeah no it it, it allows yeah i think you're right it allows you to it to almost passively you've got all that soak sitting there not doing anything right <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> why not yeah. turn it into profit
0: <laughs> yeah even more profit yeah i need to pop this uh keepsake i need the resources Oh great! I'll just use spirit of humanity, and you get blessed
1: at the same time. Yeah, I quite yeah. like that. It, it you know both sides of it are are nice. It's healing. Well, sorry, we're turning this into a review of, of spiritual, spiritual of humanity here, which we didn't necessarily intend to do. Mm-hmm. Just remembered what a nice little card is.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's. I think it's a sign. It's come up so often in the cast when we find cards that we just really like. <laughs> it's so easy to go off on why they're so great, and it's one of the. Sustaining pleasures of the game.
1: So, is it notable that survivors have very few rituals? When we think about the
0: survivor identity, we think about them as ordinary people who don't understand the mythos.
1: Yes, speaking. I've got a question. Do survivors Mm. have any spells? I can't think of any. Alter fate. Off the top of my head, a spell.
0: Wow. Moment of truth to Arkham DB. Moment of truth. Spell and blessed. What does moment of truth do? This was the moment of truth. Oh, okay, You're right, very right. much on dad joke mode today, aren't
1: you? <laughs> Leaving early, are we? What was it? What was it? <laughs> is that what it was? Uh, it was having a half day. <laughs> having a half day. That's it. Yeah. There's one in the replies which is something like, um, "Oh, back already?" <laughs> when someone, yeah, that was quick. Someone yeah, leaves and then that comes, comes back. Quick. I was like, "That's, that's me." Really Every weird. single time. <laughs> Or when someone turns up five minutes late, didn't you say, afternoon?
0: <laughs> it's a brutal, brutal. I had a good, like, 15 minutes reading replies and chuckling. and <laughs> just. So I've looked up spells in Survivor. Yes. Alter Fate, Earthly
1: Serenity. Oh, yes, of course. And Enchanted Bow. Okay, cool. I am going to dismiss those other two because the, they're multi-class. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Alter Fate, that's, a, that's an interesting one. That's a, a, a weird little lad just sitting sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, has been for a while. I mean,
0: I think our point still stands there, mm. that survivors have one ritual and one spell. Yeah. So, yeah, they not, if we think of rituals and spells as your insight into the mythos in some very broad, generalised way... It's in keeping for Survivor that they don't really have much of that, so I think that's I think that's decent enough. I tell you what is
1: weird. What's the, the shrine of the Marathi? Is it called shrine of the Marai? Marai. That's it. That almost feels like it should be a ritual, doesn't it? It's like mm-hmm. a little shrine. Well, I mean, it is a shrine. So yeah, I, t- I, t- I take your, I take your point, Frank, before you've made it. But you, do you know what I mean? That's like a. It is like a ritual. Buck me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's...
0: I mean, it's really weird because it's a physical thing, but it's an event and it's fortune blessed and cursed. So, trait-wise, it's like you've stumbled upon this thing where you are, but then you are carrying out a ritual, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Very strange.
1: Hmm, interesting. Okay, should, should we move on, though? Yeah, yeah, let's move on.
0: There's... I think the most we can get out of this is that survivors don't much care for this trait. So if you're a big Survivor fan, sorry. We're probably not going to mention you much. Do you want to tell us about the rogue cards?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've got quite a few, actually. We've got Borrow Time, Dark Ritual, Double Double, Haste. Oh, that's it. Quite a four. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It looked like it was going to carry on over the page. (laughs) it (laughs) It did not. Funnily enough, Borrow Time... If you put a gun to my head and made me guess, I would have said it was an item for some reason. I don't know why. Just the art looks like yeah, an item.
0: The image of a sort of a
1: watch. I guess it's a bit like the gold pocket watch, isn't it? But it's yeah, not. yeah, it's well, yeah, it's definitely not. Um, mm. So the, that's interesting, I guess. Uh, these are all the arcane f- slots.
0: four take up the arcane slot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, the one I've played with quite a bit on this list is actually double double, which mm. is a wild card. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, no, it's not, It doesn't have a wild icon. It's just wild. See, I resisted
0: making that, Jake Peter. That's the big difference between you and me.
1: <laughs> oh God, you come at me like that. The low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's very fun to speculate about what absolute nonsense you can carry out with double double, isn't it?
0: And double double is to events what haste is to actions, sort of. In the- <laughs> Yeah. You do you do more of that thing. So yeah, with double double, once it's down, play an event, get to play it twice. And with haste, if you can do two two actions of the same thing, you get to do another one. It's not quite the same, but but yeah. I've played a lot with haste. I think it's a really fun card. It's got Dexter on the art, but I've actually played it quite a lot in Tony. Yeah. And it's just so great when you're fighting and then you need more fighting and you just goes into a blur of arms, guns, punches, daggers. It's super fun.
1: Yeah, I, I always found haste a bit difficult to get my head around in terms, of, in terms of actions. I feel like I was doing the same thing three times in a turn less often.
0: The other place where it's really good is its movement card. If you move twice, you get a free action to move. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, no, I take your point. Um, where it really shines, I think, is with activate. There are a lot of yes. cards that have activate on them that are also another thing. And one thing I did with Tony was use the decorated skull. So I'd maybe use two other activates and then get a free activate on the skull to draw cards. You know, the, the skull turns that activate into whatever else you want it to be. Well, turns it into cards and resources. Yeah, yeah. And I've played next to a borrowed time deck, which was really fun. Uh, it was a skid stack, so using the skid's
1: ability to bank the ability for later. So, so let's look at these then. So, we start. I think maybe we're starting to build up more of a picture now. Mm. So the the we had a, a theme of guardian rituals that soaked damage and horror, or prevented damage and horror, or let you deal with damage and horror. There was a number of the sicker ones that dealt with drawing cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Farsight relied on you having more cards in hand. Forced Learning draws you extra cards. Guided by the Unseen kind of lets you commit from your deck. Yeah. You know, we had Survivor, which was heal or take damage, which is mm-hmm. probably quite Survivory. And here we've got extra actions, right? Mm. So Borrow Time, Double Double, and Haste all give you extra actions of a sort. There's probably a sub-theme appearing here,
0: which is around Bless and Curse as well. Yeah, We've seen that in Survivor. We've seen that now in Dark Ritual. That's a way of them dealing with curses. And we saw that a little bit with Guardian as well, with Blessing of Isis and Rite of Sanctification. So again, going back to that point I made in our last episode about how we're now in the game long enough that we can kind of look at the history of how it's developed. If we try to do this ritual episode before Innsmouth, those cards obviously wouldn't be around, and yeah. maybe maybe they wouldn't be muddying the picture as much. Now, there is a ritual event, just before we move on to Mystic, that I want to mention, which is protecting the Anirnik, Yes, it's Seeker and Mystic multi-class. And the reason I mention it is because you play this after an ally asset at your location is discarded by a card effect or is defeated, either return that asset to its owner's hand or its owner draws three cards. And you just mentioned the seeker sub thing of to do with draw. Yeah. So they they even have a ritual event which draws them cards, potentially. Yeah, yeah. There's not many ritual events either, is there? No, I think that's our one. Oh, no, there's one more.
1: As in coming up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Well, should we dive into Mystic then? Do you want to read as Mystic? Yes. So Mystic, we have a
0: whopping 12 rituals, which makes sense, I think, given what we've seen about what rituals are or what they thematically represent. So they have Close the Circle, Curse of Eons, three different copies of Empower Self, Mind's Eye, Protective Incantation, Recall the Future, Seal of the Seventh Sign. Two copies of Sign Magic, so level zero and level three, and then they finally have a Mystic Event Sacrifice, so zero cost, one XP event. So that's their twelve.
1: Uh, yeah, there's a there's a couple of themes that pop out here, isn't there?
0: Mm. There's
1: quite a few on stat replacement. So all of the Empower Self and Close the Circle will allow you to switch around stats and Mind's Eye and uh, Mind's yeah, Mind's Eye of course, one of my favourites. We've got a, card. a couple of cards that kind of do like um, mess with the bag maths. Mm-hmm. So, protective incantation, recall the future, and seal of the seventh sign all play tricks with tokens. And curse of aeons actually
0: turn a yeah, second yeah, curse
1: yeah. into a skull. I had yeah. that in I had that in the curse bracket in my head, but yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. It does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's there's kind of the extra slots and the 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 economy economy card of sacrifice.
0: Mm. economy event of draw three cards or gain three resources or any combination combination thereof thereof. yeah important so you could be running protecting the Anirnik and sacrifice Mm -hmm. oh wow you could sacrifice an ally to draw three cards and then play protecting the Anirnik to draw another three cards you could indeed yeah Mm.
1: nice little ritual synergy there Seems a bit like that's, um, I don't know. What, you're sacrificing someone and then protecting them?
0: I mean, you're protecting their spirit, yeah. Okay. Not them. They're, <laughs> they're very... <laughs> very much dead. <laughs> yeah.
1: I will honour your spirit two or three cards. It's a nice little Renfield combo, isn't it, as well? Sacrifice yeah, exactly. Renfield and then bring him back to your hand and then play him again using the money yeah. you've just got from sacrifice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sacrifice your arcane initiate. Play it as soon as the witching hours passed. Yeah, get more cards. Yeah, beautiful. Again, arcane slot is predominant here. Mind's eye takes a double arcane slot. The empower selves we've talked about on an esoteric devices episode, but they can all fit in one slot. Oddly, recall the future and curse of Eons are slotless.
1: Yeah, kind of strange. I well, I yeah, yeah. It feels like they might be. They might need to use a slot, but I don't think anyone would play them if they did. Mm-hmm. I think losing a slot for Recall Future just really, really limits who can take it, mm-hmm. which would be a big yeah. shame because I, I think it's a really fun card. And I'd say that that would be
0: one of the major limits on Protective Incantation as well. Yes. It's a one cost, one XP asset. It costs you a resource every turn to keep something sealed, but I think it's the Arcane slot that really holds people back on it because yeah. it, you're probably running using your two primary arcane slots for your combat and clue spell or combat and evade spell or whatever it is.
1: I was thinking about this when I was looking at Dark Ritual, actually. It almost feels like a card... I've not really given Projective Incantation much thought since it came out, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like a card that you could just play for a turn or two to really improve mm-hmm. your chances if you're coming into some crucial tests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to take that minus five out of the bag, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know you're moving to that last location. The the what's what's it called? The Chamber of the Ages, or whatever it is, Chamber of Time. And mm-hmm. Doom with the X League because there's a minus five yeah. in that in the bag in that campaign. You just want to yeah. take that out while you do a load of tests. Play this for a couple of turns, and then let it die.
0: Yeah, I've run this and Seal of the Seventh Sign in Norman. Oh yeah, and my main role was using Seeker to get clues. And then I was using my arcane slots to make the bag better for everyone. Yeah. And as Norman, you can play it for free off the top of your deck as well. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So you're like, play it for free exactly as you described, maybe leave it for two turns, Yeah, something like that. Um, I think it was before Dr. Milan was tabooed. So if I was investigating, I was then generating resources, which I could then put into keeping tokens sealed. And I played it at an event where we were playing... Guardians of the Abyss, and I think the standard bag has a minus six. Right. Just, just It's a huge bag. It's like 22 or 24 tokens, but there's a minus six in there. So sealing that for a couple of turns is glorious. It's basically an auto fail on standard for most people, most of the time. So you just get rid of that for a bit, you know, the clutch time. So we see in Mystic some Ritual support cards. We yes. We see Sign Magic...
1: Well, here's a question for you. Can you read what the text on Sign Magic does? The activation text. So, for level three?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, so level zero says you have one additional arcane slot, which can only be used to hold a spell or ritual asset. And I confess, for most of the time I've looked at Sign Magic, it's been about turning a hand slot into an arcane slot for a spell, not for a ritual. Yeah. The text is the same on Sign Magic Level 3. By the way, it's a fast card as well. Yep. But it has a reaction ability. After you activate an action ability on a spell or ritual asset, exhaust Sign Magic, activate an action ability on a different spell or ritual asset you control without paying its action cost.
1: Now, close your eyes and tell me how many of the arcane cards, uh, the ritual cards we've looked at, have an action activate ability.
0: Is it only borrowed
1: time and the archive of conduits? Oh
0: yes, archive of conduits,
1: of course. Uh, but they're they're quite new, so I forgive that. <laughs> so that's not a great combo. I'm going to say, especially because I can't think of any people who could take both of those. Borrowed time S- is level three, as is sign magic, magic. So you know, Lola, yeah. Lola could take them both. I mean, obviously, that you know. There are quite a few spells that have action activate abilities on them. <laughs> but yes. I don't think you're going yeah. to be using the ritual side of that uh, card very often. Remember, you need two of these two different cards here yeah. that have an yeah. action ability on them.
0: Yeah, the really cool Sign Magic 3 deck that I've seen is the Jacqueline Fine deck with Six Sense and Wither. And you can yeah, put That's nice two copies of Wither in play or two copies of Sixth Sense and and another one of the other, you know, two Sixth Sense, one Wither or one Sixth Sense, two Wither, whatever it is. So that when you use the action ability on one, you can use then the action on the other as well. So like yeah. Wither once to get a free Wither afterwards. And those those spells don't have charges. So you're never going to be in a situation where you're like, oh, I'm missing out on my Sign Magic Reaction ability because I've run out of charges.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that's the- nice. I like that. And the upgraded versions of those spells are really strong as well, aren't they?
0: Exactly. And they're slightly cheaper than their equivalent spells with charges. So Wither costs two, whereas Triveling costs three and Azure Flame costs three. And likewise, six cents costs three, whereas right of Seeking and other clue spells normally cost four. Which, by the way, going all the way back to our multi-class discussion... Is I think one of the strong points on on divination. I know we mentioned it at the time, but divination being a little bit cheaper for a clue spell, I think is a big plus. We said it when we recorded it, but yeah, yeah, that I've I've come around even more to that. So yeah, there's another. So there is another ritual related card in Mystic, which is Uncage the Soul. Yes, of course, zero yes. cost, play a spell or ritual reducing its cost by three. Again. Normally, for me, used to play any of those spells I've just mentioned, not normally used to play rituals. You could use it to, say, get that first Mind's Eye in play for free or to get Seal of the Seventh Sign down,
1: costing you only one. Well, considering, if we look at the costs, we've got all the Empower Selves, Mind's Eye, Seal of the Seventh Sign and side magic that all cost uh, three or more. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, you know i don't think it's even that bad using uncaged soul to play at two cost yeah exactly if, if you need humans. if you need the card out, you need it out don't you
0: yeah, you would definitely play Uncaged the soul to get down, recall the future wouldn't
1: you? I love recall the future, you know I do yeah, great card windmill slam it onto the table do we want to cover there's there's a we haven't looked at the single. Neutral card, that's a ritual as well. Should we we pop that out onto the table? Yeah, it's not
0: Shrine of the Moirai. It's not, no. It's (laughs) another weird little shrine. It's Purifying
1: Corruption. So I I kind of get Purifying Corruption and Shrine of the Moirai a little bit mixed up. Not that I... I sometimes think this card is a survivor card. They're both Mm. designed by the the, the council um, at Arkham Knights and they have... Both have, like, a wild selection of effects. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They
0: also are both sort of things you stumble upon in the woods, it seems to me. (laughs) That's how I think of them in my head. You're like, oh, I'm just playing this scenario as I'm driving my car in horror and high gear. Oh, but look, here's this weird little fountain that we've just driven past. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have a test on it. Doesn't have an action ability on it (laughs) for the purposes of what we're looking for for our rituals it is for cost so antiquary helping you play that cheaper is no bad thing yeah and this is the one where when you draw a non-weakness treachery you can take damage and horror to cancel that card place a resource on purifying corruption and then if the card has three or more corruption it gets removed and to get rid of corruption as a free trigger, you can draw more encounter cards to get rid of corruption. Yeah. Which yeah. is just mind-bottling, but there we go. There are two signature cards that are rituals as well. This is the point that you pause the podcast and name which two investigators have ritual signature assets. That's right, it's Sister Mary and Akachi on Yale. <laughs> I yeah. mention that because they can both take Uncage the Soul. So potentially, if you really want your signature down and you're broke, you could Uncage Guardian Angel or Spirit Speaker. Both cost two. So you could. I I try and get full value from Uncage the Soul, but I th- I think there is still worth in playing a two-cost if you really need it. So that's that's all the rituals, right? That's all the rituals. Dust off your hands... What conclusions have we come to? Can you take us back now, a little peek behind the curtain. Peter yep. likes to pose a kind of exam question <laughs> for us when we do these episodes. What was your exam question, please, for this?
1: Did I say, I think I said two things. I said, I don't understand what makes a ritual card a ritual card. So phrase that as a question, basically.
0: What makes a ritual card a ritual card?
1: Yeah. Thank you. what's what's a good ritual card what are some good ritual cards Mm. I feel feel a lot more I thought we'd answer the second one a lot more easier than the the first one but Mm. actually I think I've I I feel quite happy I know what a ritual card is now Mm. typically a just as a slight tangent after we did our color pie episode uh, a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. someone wrote in a long email where They'd trained an AI to recognize card factions,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you'd yeah. feed
1: in a card and it would tell you what faction it was from. And it also
0: told you what it thought the qualities were of each faction's cards.
1: Yes, which which is really interesting. Uh, and I, really and I mention that now because I sort of feel I have... There's a few angles that I think we can recognize a ritual card from. They tend to be assets... Mm-hmm. They tend to take up the arcane slot. They tend not to have like a, a, a an action replacement effect on them like spells often do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They tend to do something weird related to the faction that they're part of. Or sometimes they give you extra slots.
0: Yeah. It's amazing to
1: see the Peter AI
0: in action. <laughs> We've fed the Peter AI all of these cards and we get this amazing summation right there so actually if you spit back those three cards you gave me at the top of the episode so I gave you seal of the seventh sign archaic glyphs and blood will have blood
1: so so archaic glyphs is an action like activate ability mm-hmm. uses a hand Take slot yeah though it is though it is an asset yeah. so you know that's that's dropping down the the pecking order—that's <laughs> dropping down the, the likelihood to be, uh, to be a ritual, isn't it?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, blood will have blood is an an event, mm-hmm. even though it is a survive uh, survivor one, which which is it's related to something that class does. So it's like damage and horror and drawing cards. Yeah. So yeah, well, could be, but you know, it isn't. Uh, but seal of the seventh sign, an asset, uses a an arcane slot and does some something related to the class.
0: Doesn't have an action ability. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I I, I don't know.
0: I I might be talking nonsense, but I don't think you are. I think that's a really good point. And do you remember when we did talent, the the, the trait talent way back when, and we saw things like pickpocketing as well as the skill boosters, but we saw cards that were talents that we hadn't really thought of as talents and came to that thinking of if it was a role-playing game, it's almost like those passive abilities you've gained or it's not your explicit kind of combat skills or whatever it is in an RPG. It's just things your character can do and it rounds out the story of your character. I feel like ritual is another vector around which you can say, look, my character can do cool things, but without it being necessarily a willpower replacement effect. Yeah, yeah. So as a mystic, you could say, look, I'm going to smooth the bag out for everyone. And I'm going to boost all of my stats using an arcane slot, but not use willpower to do it if I'm using Empower Self. So you can say, look, I'm just using magic to, to pump myself up and make the bag better. And that's yeah those those things aren't actions are they they're just a different way of approaching the game I feel like sometimes when i go deep into the card analysis we forget the story implications or the theme implications yeah that, yeah yeah you might want your rogue to to chuck onto the table a dark ritual and say don't worry about all those curses i'm locking them down for a turn i really like the idea of of say preston doing that just cuz he can afford it and also cuz it seems it's a flavorful thing more than anything else. It's not, it's not, um, doesn't feel like it's key to winning a scenario. Yeah. But it might help out in a pinch. Yeah. My, I had my own exam question, which was what would cards that support rituals or enhance using them in decks look like?
1: Well, I was thinking about this as you talked earlier what do I need to find a ritual for? There are some that are really key parts of your engine, aren't there? So Mm -hmm. if you've spent... So here's a great example, Double Double. You could really build a deck around Double Double. But that's... Not only is it a lot of XP, it's also exceptional. So you've got one in your deck you need to find. Mm -hmm. Being able to pull that out, it's going to make a huge difference to your everyday playing a deck if you've built your deck around it. Yeah. So you want to get it as soon as you can. And I think there's quite a few of the cards that are like that. So extra slot cards are ones that are, you kind of build around, are quite vital for your build. Yeah. You know, the, the Archive of Conduits as well, that's a, a really kind of key effect. Farsight's going to make a big difference to how you play your your mm-hmm. deck. So they all mm-hmm. feel like they could be key parts of your engine, but... At the same time, they're quite hard to find because there's not a a ritual tutor.
0: Yeah. Farsight and Double Double, they fall into the same trap, a bit hesitant about using that word for me, which is that you can feel like your deck is not performing well because you're not getting the added value that Mm -hmm. Farsight or Double Double would give you. Yeah. You know, when you have Farsight in hand, uh, when you have Farsight on the table, but you only have seven cards in hand, you don't want to be playing any events because you could be playing them actionlessly. Yeah. And same with double-double. It's like you don't want to play events until you've got double-double down and can afford to play play them twice. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely agree. that's yeah. the value you're looking for. As you were talking, it made me think there's a card that I am fond of, but often don't include in decks, which is Word of Command. It's a 2 cost 2 XP spell event in Mystic. And strikingly, the art is maybe a Native American or an Inuit person a little bit like protecting the Anernic, Mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Anyway, it's name a spell card. Search your deck for one copy of the name card and draw it. Shuffle your deck. And I wonder if that card read name a spell or ritual card. Like, is that a missed opportunity for the game that Word of Command could be, could be a really useful ritual tutor as well? Of course you could argue that that would be way too strong, but fascinatingly, word of command, I don't see it that often, because it's competing with Arcane Initiate. Yeah. But, yeah, if you if you could add that it would also find you a ritual,
1: that could be really cool. Like, the, the spells seem to be more of your staple cards in your deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the rituals are like the little spice in your deck you can add. So, almost I feel word of command would be better as a Keep it as a spell, but use it to find a ritual card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be a really nice card to have.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: It would be cheaper. It, it's the classic thing where it's cheaper than a second copy of that card in your deck. So rather than put two, oh, I don't know. I mean, any of these really. Like, yeah, don't don't put two Farsight in your deck, for instance. Put a Farsight and a Word of Command in your deck.
0: We're leaning towards that the faction that should have ritual support is Mystic, mm-hmm. broadly speaking. They've already got Sign Magic and Uncaged the Soul. And maybe there wants to be some some ritual support in Mystic. And then it yeah, bumps into this problem I outlined before of how do you design something that's like a prepared for the worst or a research librarian or an arcane initiate, but not those effects. And yeah, I'm sure they can come up with something, but there's there's space for something there. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a card that maybe played off how many rituals you had in play? You know, you get get boosts a turn based on how many rituals you have down. I think that could be intriguing as well, like encourage you to to build a board of rituals. Maybe too strong if you play your both your Recall the Future and your mind's eye and you've got three rituals down you're getting plus three a turn i don't
1: know yeah potentially yeah or ready a ritual that might be quite nice Ooh, yeah yeah that's nice as well
0: you've got the two two lines of approach you've got making making it easier to find and play rituals yes
1: and then you've got rewarding you for doing that my gut would be that finding rituals would be the better support for them just because I don't see many decks wanting a huge selection of them in play, mm. not least because they they are often limited by your arcane slot. Yeah, and they're
0: often performing a specific function, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. When we go back to the guardian cards, for instance, you're probably not running two copies of Flesh Ward, two copies of Enchanted Armor, and three copies of Spiritual Resolve, mm-hmm. as well as Blessing of Isis. Like you're you're picking and choosing. It's not a trait-like spell where your whole deck can be built around having spells, is it? Yeah. That's exactly. the crazy thing about the Dreamy to spell event suite tangent, mm-hmm. by the way, that you before that point you would have, say, Ward of Protection as a spell event, but then the majority of your spells were assets. But then after the spell event suite, you could potentially have eight events, all of which are spells, and Six spell assets and anything that plays off spell is worth it. So your Robes of Endless Night making spells cheaper is worth it for assets and events. Your Arcane Initiate is worth it for assets and events. It's like such a pure focused design for Mystic. Just a side point. (laughs) It doesn't exist for rituals, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So this was our exploration of the trait ritual with a little bit of Occult and Pact thrown in there. We didn't go into Pact in a lot of detail, but they're a fun selection of cards as well. I recommend looking at that trait. Yeah. You can get in touch with us. We're Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Twitter, Facebook, Designed by Humans, Patreon. If you feel like there's some ritual element that we have not said and you'd like to let us know, we always welcome those kind of things.
1: As ever, we try
0: to start the discussion rather than end it. Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I am United Everywhere. That's U N I T L E D. I'm around on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and uh, Instagram as the dot So yeah, please say hello. I'll do a quick plug for my second podcast, which is Done to Death Cast on Twitter, and that's the Done to Death podcast. Uh, so yeah, how about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E P H
0: underscore B E E, and I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. Please say hi. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.